Hello and welcome to That Oxford Girl podcast. I'm Poddy Wilson and each week I'll be bringing on a different Oxford student to talk about their life at the world's most famous university. This week my guest is Kaya Collins, who's in her first year of her master's degree in nature, society and environmental governance at St Hilda's College. Kaya completed her undergraduate degree in the States before spending some time in Taiwan working as a teacher. It was while she was working out there that she decided to apply for a master's degree at Oxford. She began her postgraduate course this year, that being in October 2023, and I'm very excited to have her on the podcast to discuss how she's been getting on so far. So Kaya, thanks for joining me. Um, I would love to hear more about the course that you're taking. Can you tell me what it's called and a sort of brief overview of what it entails? Yeah, I'm studying a master's in nature society and environmental governance. Uh, It focuses on like environmental problems from the uh, social science angle of things. So talking a lot of social theory and like uh, people responses to environmental things. The people part is what I care about a lot. So tell me a bit more about your undergrad degree. Where was it and what were you studying? Yeah, I was studying um, environmental studies at Gonzaga University in Spokane, Washington. Most people will have not heard of it unless they really like American college basketball, (laughs) as it is one of the best American college basketball teams. Otherwise, it's a small uh, regional university in the West Coast that is pretty good for a small regional university. Uh, I also studied elementary education and got my K-8 through teaching license for the state of Washington. It's not on my diploma because the state gives me the license. It was not a degree. It was more work than my degree. (laughs) So after you finished your degree, you went into teaching for a bit. Um, You decided to teach English in Taiwan. So how did that decision come about? And what were the kind of experiences that you had when you were there? Well, my grandma is uh, originally from Taiwan. So I wanted to go to Taiwan to get to know her culture. I had a cousin who taught English in Taiwan. Uh, who's not Taiwanese, but when I was a kid, she was there. And I went, oh, I want to be a teacher, and I'm Taiwanese. I should go do that. So I went to Taiwan to teach English like my grandma. I went on a Fulbright scholarship originally, and then I switched to a government program since I am a licensed teacher, and I could make more money that way (laughs) and move up teacher pay scale if I ever went back to teaching. It was a really good time. It's, I think, the best country in the world. The people are incredibly nice. The food is fantastic. And cost of living is pretty cheap. And quality of life is pretty high, which is exactly what you want in where you're living. So at what point was it that you decided that you wanted to continue your studies and begin a master's degree? So I really wanted to get a master's degree towards the end of my bachelor's degree, but I was a little bit burnt out and knew I needed a break. So I went to Taiwan partially because I really wanted to go to Taiwan, but also for that little bit of a break. I realized it was time for the break to be done. When I started feeling a bit lonely, it's a little bit hard to be a foreigner in a country where you don't speak the language, as other foreigners, especially younger foreigners, are very transient. So I was trying to make new friends about every six months as people would leave, and that is very hard, and it gets a bit tiring. So I decided it was time to get my master's degree because it's easier to make friends as a student because you're all stuck together. It is very hard to make friends as an adult. It takes more effort. So (laughs) students 
We're very lucky and we don't even realise in that respect, I do think. So, can you tell me a bit about how the applications process worked for you? I think there's going to be quite a few listeners, and myself included, who don't know a lot about what that entails. So, how, how did it start and what was included? So, for a master's student, you write a statement of purpose, talking about why you want to do the degree, how what you did in undergrad relates, and if you were doing anything in the adult world between undergrad and now, like how that relates or how those skills are useful, which is good. I had someone at my previous university who made me terrified to mention teaching on an Oxford application because he was pretentious and thought that it wouldn't look good (laughs) on things. He said it wouldn't be respected. I don't know who these professors who don't respect teaching think they learned how to read from. Then you also turn in a writing sample, so you can either write something new or turn in something from undergrad. I was not going to write something new as I was applying to like 10 universities and writing them all their own statements of purposes based off of one large general one. And so I took something from undergrad and I edited it to make it better and I took a cutting of it because there is a word count. So is this just specific to Oxford then, this having to submit previous work? Yes, none of the other universities I applied to did that. Some had, like, special essays about specific topics, but they still kind of fit under the statement of purpose area. So I picked a research paper I did on an environmental topic, since it related to my course, and would show that, like, I know how to embed a quote and do research. (laughs) I also needed three letters of recommendation, transcripts, CV or resume. I did CV because I didn't want to have to cut things out. Just to go back to what you said about being dissuaded from putting anything about your career as a teacher into your application, do you think there were aspects from the period of time you spent in Taiwan that have benefited your course that you're doing now? I think absolutely, and I think it would be beneficial in the future. I'm considering a PhD in academia as a future career, but I think the things that teaching and work really teaches you as a person is it's good for working hard. Um, Teaching is a lot, a lot of work. You have Mm. to learn how to write all the lessons, do all the grading, communicate with parents. Yeah. There's a level of responsibility that you don't have in other jobs in that you are responsible for someone's most precious thing in their entire life. Mm. And there are 30 of them. And also you have to make someone learn math who doesn't want to learn math. The other thing that it's really helpful for and I think is going to be helpful when I start research is that I learned how to build rapport with people Mm. and those were very small people who did not speak the same language as me so there's a lot of benefit uh to that i think when i do research because it is a social science degree and it is very qualitative not quantitative so Mm. most of my research will probably be in interview process and so yeah the work of building rapport with children helps me learn the (laughs) skill of making rapport with adults Um, So on your application, you specified that you'd like to be at St. Hilda's College. What were the aspects of this college that caused you to make that decision? I liked that you could walk on the grass at Hilda's. (laughs) Um, I I mean, I study environmental studies. Gonna be a little bit of a hippie. It's the first women's college Mm. and the last to stop being a women's college. Yeah. And then I liked their reasoning for circular tables. Uh-huh, okay. So it's the only college with circular tables. Right. 
And they say it's because it makes conversation better because you could talk to everybody at your table. That's pretty good. I only found out recently the reason why they're long ones in the first place is because of the fact that the majority of the colleges were theological colleges and they wanted the sort of interior to reflect what it's like in a monastery. Have you been enjoying formals then? Have you been attending those? Yeah, I've gone to two. Um, the first one was mandatory for all fresher postgrads. Right. And then the second one I went because the menu looked really good. Mm. And I was right. The menu was very good that night. Can you remember what it was? Yes. It started with a mushroom arancini. Ooh. And then some sort of British pie that has a specific name, but I couldn't tell you what it is. <laughs> Either way, it is a pie. It is in a pastry crust, but it was very good. Mm. And it was served with mashed potatoes and gravy. Lovely. And then dessert was lemon cardamom posset, which was also very I good. So you're you're really getting to grips with college life. Not only are you going to formals and being involved in uh, Hilda's events, but you are also now on the MCR committee. Yes, I am St. Hilda's MCR um, LGBTQ welfare rep as of last week. Mm, congratulations. Thank you. So what does that job actually entail? I'm going to help run welfare events and hopefully run about one a term for LGBTQ students. We also have an LGBTQ group chat uh, that was started by the old MCR LGBTQ rep. Mm -hmm. And so I am a moderator on that group chat and mostly I've shared events that I think queer students would be interested in. Mm -hmm. Hilda's is pretty queer friendly, but if there were any problems, I would be standing up for my fellow LGBTQ master's students. Yeah. And just for listeners who may not be familiar, can you explain what the MCR actually is? Yes, MCR is Middle Common Room, which is Oxford Speak For Graduate Student Association. Mm -hmm. So it's both a literal room, but also the group that represents all postgrad students in the college. So we put on fun little events and also talk to administration about the needs of graduate students. Where actually is Hilda's, by the way? Hilda's is across Maudlin Bridge, just off of the roundabout. It's technically oh. listed as on Cowley. It's on its own little side street. So that is the main downside of Hilda's, is it's a walk. And okay. so I chose to live in accommodation near Hilda's so that I would utilize the resources that they offer to students because mm -hmm. your college doesn't matter as a graduate student and you don't really need to use your college except for a couple of different things that are mandatory. What, uh, like? Matriculation. Oh, uh, sure. The fancy dinner. Uh, I believe that your college tutor writes something on your academic reviews. My other main academic person is the head of my program. How was matriculation for you, by the way? Was that a bit of a culture shock? Was it good fun? Memorable? It was a lot of fun. I was a little bit worried about 30-minute Latin ceremony and was <laughs> happily surprised that most of the ceremony was not conducted in Latin. Mm. But like two minutes of Latin said in English accents was kind of funny. Um, so you've only been here, what, now five weeks? You wouldn't have had the opportunity to get involved in a lot of stuff. I know that you're involved in a couple of societies already. Can you tell me a bit about what you've joined up for? Yeah, I'm doing a musical with uh, the Oxford University Drama Society. I participate in activities with the RPG Society, and I have tried fencing, and I have paid for fencing, and one day I will take fencing classes. <laughs> How have rehearsals been going? Rehearsals have been good. It's 
crazy. So my previous experience is high school theater, mm. where we just rehearsed every day after school from 3.30 to 6.30, and then a musical theater class in Taiwan that I paid for. So that was a set class time, and if I missed things because I was traveling, I missed things because I was traveling. Now it's like I fill out a form telling when I'm free. The poor directors have to figure out when people are free and shove us together into our different scenes. We show up, we learn, and it's so fast-paced. I'm so glad I'm in a show that's in week eight because <laughs> I don't know how you do anything that's sooner than week eight because it's such a fast process to learn lines. And then in a musical, to also have to learn choreography yeah. for multiple numbers and then harmonies for multiple numbers is insane and it's gonna st I know I'm gonna be super stressed at week seven but it'll be fine in week eight because this is how theater always works um so putting aside fencing which as you said you've got yet to uh, get involved in the other society you have been involved in is RPG so first of all what does that stand for it stands for <laughs> role-playing game society uh-huh and second of all how do you like it how how's it going so I really like it um, for people who are familiar with what RPGs are, that's like Dungeons and Dragons and stuff. So my hobby is being silly little characters. I like theater and I like playing pretend in RPGs doing silly little characters. So the Society on Sundays does one-shots for tabletop RPGs like D&D &D and other related things. I've done a lot of homework so I've only attended one of those. But then their other big thing is the society game, which is a rules light LARP. So basically we get in a room, we play pretend for three hours being in character, and then there's a set of game masters who kind of decide what the plot is, what the main problem is, and then what we're doing, how everything works out. I've only done one session, next week will be the second session. But once the session is done, we then send each other emails in character <laughs> to continue stuff. And the GMs get CC'd on those emails, and so they see them. It was very hard. I'm a very polite emailer, and my character is not very polite. So I had to send some not very nice emails, some with curse words, which was uh -oh. really weird to do from my email. <laughs> oh, the curse words. It was a lot of fun. It is. It is essentially playing pretend in a room, but we're pretending that the nuclear apocalypse happened and now we are living underground and it's been a oh. hundred years and we're running out of resources. Goodness. Um, to take a sort of step back in a more general view, from your well, month really that you've been in Oxford, what are the impressions you've drawn from your experience? It is a lot of work. Mm -hmm. uh, I've started out in Freshers Week with the head of my course saying, you will be assigned more reading than you can do. Mm. It'll not be possible to do all the reading, make choices. And I think, gonna guess this is a common thing for most students at Oxford, yeah. coming from the background of being an overachiever who could do everything. It's been very hard to have to learn how to make choices on what to not do academically. Mm -hmm. And I think that's been hard for everyone in my course, especially the people who did not attend Oxford before, mm. to be like, okay, I'm used to being the overachiever. I need to learn how to be less of an overachiever because just being at Oxford was doing the overachieving itself. <laughs> my impression is also that 
work hard, play hard is mm. kind of the motto for the university. Yeah, it's essential, I think. Yeah. There's something to do every single day, and you have to learn how to make your choices about how to balance the work and the fun, but I think that's an important life skill in general, and I like that if you want to do something, you can do it here. Uh, You're not going to be bored, whether that's because you're dying from work or you're living it up, and then it's just really pretty, and the people in my course are really nice, so it's been good. Do you have any advice that you would give to someone starting out? Yeah. Be kind to yourself. It's okay to not do everything. And talk to people because everybody's in the same boat. And it's hard when you just know someone to be vulnerable. But we all just know each other. So you have to be vulnerable or else you'll have no one to be vulnerable to. Tell people when you're struggling. They're probably experiencing the same thing and you can bond together and also go okay I am not a failure this is where everybody's at yeah which means that it's not failing it is just what happens Mm -hmm. exactly finally on the line of that Oxford girl which is obviously the podcast we're currently on um how did you get involved in the first place yeah I started following the Instagram after I got into Oxford and decided to go to Oxford because I started following everything related that might be interesting. I think I found it just trying to research what's it like being an American in Oxford. I decided to get involved because I thought it would be good to have more information on the master's degrees, Mm. what master's student life is like, and uh, a little bit more about the international master's student experience. Well, thank you very much for speaking to me. That has been really enlightening. Um, I've learned a lot about the master's experience. Um, And I hope you've enjoyed coming on the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. My thanks again to Kaya for speaking to me on this week's episode. Don't forget to follow the podcast and click the bell to be notified when we upload a new episode. Also, make sure to check out www.thatoxfordgirl.com where a new blog post will go up every week detailing a different aspect of life at Oxford. I hope you'll join me again next week for another episode.